0: the more you know. Relationships are difficult. Maintaining a lasting connection between yourself and another human being is never without some trouble, but the result can be a beautiful thing. Some people, however, are not interested in any lasting connections, and are only interested in more immediate gratification. While that's true for many people, some especially excel in this goal, or are at least focused in excelling, known as pickup artists. For these individuals it's a point of pride on how easily they can seduce, manipulate, and use women for their own satisfaction, moving from one to the next. Countless books have been written on the topic, teaching men tricks and giving them the confidence to become pickup artists themselves. Today we'll be looking at one such type of book which would be disagreeable enough in its own right, but when the fifthists get involved, you know it's going to get even weirder. SCP-3512 is not a book, but instead refers to a phenomenon that affects women between the ages of 18 and 40, resulting in significant changes to their personalities and psychological stabilities. The foundation is not sure how widespread this phenomenon is, but so far have linked all confirmed cases To an outbreak in Barcelona, Spain, where they have contained nine affected women, and found one affected woman deceased in her home. Women affected by 3512 become much more open, extroverted, and agreeable without realizing that anything has changed. They become far more sociable and lose their inhibitions, but this behavior is occasionally punctuated by prolonged bouts of uncontrollable screaming. These bouts of screaming continually decrease in frequency and duration over the course of four or five months, but the personality changes seem to be permanent. When the foundation first heard about 3512 in Barcelona, they sent agent Riley Cooper to meet up with native agent Tomas Ray to investigate. Their cover story was performing a mental health survey for the World Health Organization, and they began interviewing affected individuals and family members. Cooper describes the victims as plastic and unreal, with no awareness of their change, which is freaking the families out more than the screaming. Cooper concludes that the families aren't involved, and that it doesn't feel like a basic cognito hazard, an anomaly that alters someone's thinking, because it doesn't seem like a superficial change. She writes that the affected individuals are so sincere in their delusion, so up for it. The women continue to smile throughout the interviews while the families cry. Cooper and Ray test amnestics to try and wipe the women's memories of whatever affected them, but it fails to change them back. One of the girl's younger sisters mentions the word apagada, which they find out is a nightclub in Barcelona. One of the girl's mothers tried to warn her daughter about going there, knowing it was trouble, but it seemed the girl didn't listen. The two agents head to the club at midnight, where it's dark, loud, hot, and crowded. Cooper waits at the bar where eventually a tall blond man slides in next to her and offers to buy her a drink. He then asks her what her favorite star is, which she assumes at first to be the start of a bad pickup line, until she realizes that he's serious. She notes that the man is confident and charming, but there's too much eye contact and his speech is too precise. As he's not drunk enough. Cooper glances over to Ray and the man notices, causing him to suddenly leave. Cooper tries to follow him but quickly loses him, although she pays the doorman, who tells her that he's a regular here and his name is Josep Oriol. They soon track down his address in Barcelona and break in. They find plenty of incriminating material, but Cooper notes three things specifically. The first is a bunch of architectural plans for buildings, utilities, and railway tunnels. Since Josep is apparently a software developer, it certainly raises a red flag. Secondly is a book on the kitchen table, seemingly used regularly, with a plain cover. Cooper doesn't open it without cognitohazard screening, but she has a feeling about it. Third is a small sculpture next to the book on a dishcloth that looks like a blob of candle wax carved into points with what seems like legs stuck into it, made of pieces of lego and meccano, rose stems, a crab claw, a corkscrew, and what she thinks was a skeleton key. The two go into the bedroom where they find boxes full of similar materials, including quills, dolls limbs, wire, and syringes, and when they went back into the kitchen, the wax sculpture was gone. Let's get to the book though, which is an advance review copy of a text titled, The More You Know, A Pickup Artist's Bible. The author is only listed as enigma, and there is no publication information. The book contains 625 pages, with a foreword attributed to artist Snoop Dogg, and a total of 23 chapters, although the last 12 chapters are all numbered as chapter 12. The first chapter begins by explaining that if you're reading this book, you're probably a bit of a loser, but the point of the book is to make you stop being a loser, by being more confident in social situations, particularly involving women. The author introduces himself as Enigma, and writes that they are going to provide surefire methods for seducing women so that you can be a star like they are, because the more you know, the more you score. Chapter 4 involves the idea of ceasing to think of hot women as women, but instead as instruments that need to be tuned properly before they can be played. By chapter 12, the text is describing dodecahedrons, and how you can mention its schlaefeli symbol in flirtatious conversations to great effect. Typical fifthist concepts abound by this point. Chapter 14 moves on to discussing Spain, which it says you can learn many tricks from, and mentions Don Juan, a name you might expect to find in a book like this, and Torquemada, a Spanish inquisitor that you probably wouldn't expect to find. It mostly discusses Antony Gaudi however, a Spanish architect who mainly worked in Barcelona, and who is most well known for designing the Sagrada Familia, an unfinished church. The author writes that Gaudi lived as a monk so that you don't have to, and that he was the opposite of everything the book tells you to be. He was unsociable, celibate, never spoke to women, and died by being struck by a tram while being mistaken for a beggar. The author brings Gaudi up because he understood that everything has a purpose, and that organic and anarchic forms can be used to capture beauty and fix it in place forever. Chapter 18 discusses that strange little wax-like sculpture found in Joseph's home. They are not actually made up of candle wax, but instead some form of fat. The text mentions you can use pork fat, but will have less satisfactory results, meaning that likely human fat is ideal. For the limbs attached to the fat, the text says to focus on articulation rather than strength, and the more complicated you make them, the more precise your sculpting will need to be. Once you freeze the fat for 6-12 to 12 hours, you're meant to carve it into a specific shape, which will grant it a degree of sapience, and inserting the leg components will bond them to the creature. Then when you believe your intended target is sleeping, you are to concentrate on their face, the inside of their mouth, and their throat, and the fatty creature will scurry off. The specifics of what happens next are not mentioned but it's likely not pleasant. The foundation has yet to contain one of these creatures, but the largest one they've observed was 3.5 meters in diameter, with its limbs composed of human spines tipped with gastropod feet. Chapter 19 discusses heating up a pair of scissors over a flame, and if you have parents or siblings with you to check that their bindings are tight. It warns not to be tempted to start with them first, but instead to take your right hand, grasp the pinky finger of your left hand, and pull it sharply down towards the side, where you'll hear a clean snapping sound. We don't get many details in this chapter besides this, but the point is that the process disfigures and warps the individual. The final chapter says that if you wish to know, you must look deeper, and the words... As below, so below, repeated continually. The foundation looked over the architectural plans retrieved from Joseph's home, and found some inconsistencies with the municipal records. There is a side passage shown on the plans off of a high-speed rail tunnel that shouldn't be there, with a the descending spiral staircase. Cooper and Ray had to investigate, hoping to find Joseph and interrogate him further. Ray is reluctant to continue the investigation down underground, but Cooper is persistent. They reach the bottom of the spiral staircase and find three branching tunnels. One of their body cameras picks up movement down one of the tunnels, but they don't seem to notice, and Cooper decides to head down the middle of the three passages, as its smooth floor indicates that it's used the most often. They travel down a gradual downward slope for 12 minutes as the tunnel slowly narrows, until it finally opens up into a larger chamber, with stone steps leading up to a hole in the ceiling. The walls and ceiling are carved into abstract organic shapes with a melted appearance, and the two agents guess that they're underneath the Sagrada Familia. They find a small alcove containing a tight bundle of amputated human fingers, pointing outwards. They continue down another tunnel, where a dark, viscous substance coats part of the ceiling, dripping onto the floor. They walk for another fifteen minutes, including down several steep descents, and begin hearing a whirring mechanical sound. The air grows warmer, and an awful smell breaks out as they find another large chamber, naturally carved this time. Hanging stalactites have been carved with shapes including orchids barnacles and rows of human teeth. In the cavern is a wide, slow-moving river, flowing into a low tunnel. The river is composed of congealed fat. On the other side of the river is what's causing the mechanical sound, three industrial-sized book printing machines, with no evident electrical connections. Cooper mentions following the river, but Ray refuses to go into the small tunnel saying instead to get the mole rat's mtf to go instead. Cooper concedes, and says she's just going to get some samples, but ray freezes, pointing to something on the ceiling above her. On the ceiling is one of the fat, composed creatures, the one 3.5 meters in diameter, and it drops onto agent cooper. Cooper gets several shots off to no effect, and it drags her into the river of fat. Her body camera is obscured for the next 20 minutes, but it records the sounds of wet, sucking noises from the river. When the camera feed comes back, it shows a very large, dimly lit, domed chamber. The river of fat drops into a waterfall, or fatfall in this case, and on the other side of the cavern is a fresco depicting the virgin Mary. She is depicted pregnant, chained to a star-shaped rack by her ankles, wrists, and neck, and at the base of her throat is a pipe emitting dark smoke. There is a layer of smoke obscuring the floor, but the camera moves underneath the smoke to show hundreds of small fatty creatures scurrying over one another. Agent Cooper is heard calling out, and the camera moves over to show a person lying face down on the floor. As the camera approaches, the person turns over, revealing it to be Agent Cooper. The person wearing her body camera now is unidentified. Cooper begins giggling, saying that that was intense, and then begins screaming for a short while. She then refers to the person wearing the camera as handsome, asking him what his name is. The unidentified man reaches towards Cooper, revealing a hand covered in large cuts with seven additional fingers protruding from the wounds. All of the fingers appear to be mobile, and they begin caressing Cooper's cheek, causing her to rub her face against them. Cooper laughs, calls the man funny and sweet, and removes the vest holding the body camera from him. The camera is obscured by the smoke for the next seven minutes, as indistinct grunting sounds are heard in the background. Then a sharp scream, And the distant sound of a heavy object landing is heard. The body camera is picked up and thrown downwards, landing on a pile of human corpses, showing one woman's face in the early stages of putrefaction. Cooper is heard continuing to call out, referring to the man as baby, and asking him not to go. Several other women's voices are heard calling out as well, and over the next twenty-eight hours, at least eight distinct voices are heard, consisting of laughter, screaming, and indistinct speech. Eventually the camera's batteries die, and it was found later at the top of the spiral staircase. The foundation has yet to find the areas depicted in the footage, and neither of the agents have been recovered. If that was all a little too muddled for you, I'll briefly explain. The book and the phenomenon are more fifth-this related anomalies, meaning in general they're weird, mind-warping, and ultimately pretty vague. Men that read the book learn about a process in which they can pick up any woman they desire, but in the process of doing so, they must change and disfigure themselves. There's a lot of meta-commentary on pickup artists and related concepts here, as I'm sure you can figure. They also create this creature of fat and other objects that tracks down said woman and does something to affect them with the scp-3512 phenomenon, altering their personalities permanently. Basically, they become the ideal target for a pickup artist, clueless and pliant, or in other words, a sex doll. In the end, this is what happened to agent cooper, and she was tossed into a pit along with plenty of other similar women, discarded once the perpetrator was done with them. Presumably, the perpetrator was this enigma character that wrote the book and was printing plenty more copies to be handed out to people like Joseph Oriel. SCP-3512 is horrific for multiple reasons, and the fact that it's based on such an inherently creepy topic only lends to its horror. Between this SCP and the Vorhole, Fifthists begin to rival sarcasm as one of the grossest groups of interest with the added bonus of being so much more nebulous about their larger goals. While perhaps the more you know would never end up being as big of a problem as star signals was, it's far more unsettling.